Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tonelli, and I'm joined this week by Patrick Agongo and Al Brown to talk about how I learned to stop worrying and love frog skateboards. But first, Jim Greco's latest, White Wall. On Monday, we entered the Jim Greco cinematic universe, gritty Los Angeles that isn't quite as gritty as it was in Glass Carousel, his 2020 effort. Patrick, what do you feel when you see that Jim Greco has put out a new video? Are you stoked, pessimistic, intrigued, skeptical? What's the vibe before you click that link? Big Cassavetes energy. Either you love him or you hate him. And I think he was definitely pulling from Cassavetes for his, I think this is probably his longest look in terms of the way that he dresses, the way that he does his hair, and his general vibe. But the cool thing here is that Jim Greco has figured out a way to present skate videos in a slightly more narrative fashion without making it feel like a skit. The skating is still very on point. I was a little suspicious when he was skating the pallet um, off of the off of the uh, the wall ride, and initially it was very kind of Strobeck style filming. I was just like, "Oh hell no!" I was like, "This is going to be terrible." And nope, it wasn't. It was just it was just the warm up. Greco, this incarnation of him feels like the most interesting because you know he came back from a pretty serious back injury from I think it was 2020 in jobs never and yet you feel like he's significantly improved despite his age also by the way i didn't know he could skate trash cans like that i feel like he could have pulled up to tyshawn's joint and looked like the nerdy guy who plays pool at some crappy bar around the corner that looks like you know that hasn't been redecorated you know since the late 1970s and then he'd go fuck shit up and you know do a heel flip do um you know front side heel flip over a trash can i, I was really impressed by that he's Physically, he must be, I, I don't know, find out who this man's doctor was, find out who his physical therapist is, because he looks he looks like he's in excellent form. Al, throwing it over to you, how do you feel about Greco, uh, Greco historically, and then also, what do, you, what do you think of the fact that he uses, he uses Los Angeles prominently in a way that a lot of other skate videos, oh, it just happens to be filmed in LA? No, LA is part of, a, is like almost like a co-star in his parts, in these short films that skate video. Yeah, he definitely, he seems like a student of the film game for sure. I don't, whenever I think about Greco, I just like think of like Goodfellas or something. He kind of seems like, you know, maybe steals from Martin Scorsese, you know, he's got that look of like Raging Bull kind of thing. Los Angeles is, is definitely a character, but like it all kind of harkens back to the hookups video. I think a lot, like a lot of the same spots, like going back to the barrel banks, like we expect him nowadays to see him at that brick bank spot, uh, quarter pipe spot. But apparently the white wall, I think, is right around the corner from there. Is that it is, yeah. Correct, Patrick? Yep. Yeah. Uh, literally and, uh, a minute, two minute walk, not even. Yeah. Yeah. So he he keeps his he keeps his city close to the pocket, I think, and, and he puts it in a good light. Yeah, I think it's pretty great. What do you think, Templeton? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it. I haven't been to LA in quite some time, but I, it it looks like what I think LA probably looks like. You know, with the like uh, homelessness in the beginning, and it's kind of gritty, but also like sunny and beautiful. It's it's kind of like a um, I don't know. They're they're just like opposites that are like clashing. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's it's sick to see that LA kind of plays such a big role. In, in Jim Greco's cinematic universe. And I, I think that it's probably nice for him. You know, he's just like, yeah, I just go out and skate for a few hours. I don't have to fly to China to get a trick or anything. It's just, I, I think I kind of experienced this in during the pandemic. I just kind of like marinated in my own zone and saw things in a new light. And just like those limitations breed creativity and ways to see things in new ways. So it, I think it's cool to see. And like you were saying, Patrick, about the cans, like, I didn't know he had it like that. Like, that's Adrian Del Campo type pop. And from yep. little Jim Greco, frontside heel flipping I, over the can. Uh, it's it's amazing. Dude's it 44 is. years yeah. old. 44 years old. I, if I recall, he's from, he's from Connecticut, right? He's I believe definitely so, yeah. From the, yeah. So, and I think he came up with, who was it, Tim Upson, Jim Gagne, um, like that whole crew that eventually kind of migrated west around the same time shout out to connecticut oh by the way isn't it awesome isn't it awesome hearing raekwon shouting out connecticut on cuban links you know london europe 
Connecticut. It, it's I love that shit. Anyway, <laughs> back to L.A. What's interesting is that, you know, this is, you know, that's the warehouse district. So L.A. still has a thriving garment and storage industry. Two of the biggest ports in the United States serve the United States, Port of Long Beach and Port of San Pedro. Excuse me. Uh, Port of L.A., which is in San Pedro, which a neighborhood within L.A., and then Port of Long Beach, Long Beach, an independent city. Anyway, a lot of stuff that comes off of those boats, you know, will end up in downtown and eventually goes out towards places like San Bernardino and then is distributed out to the country. Logistics discussions aside, that's what that neighborhood looks like. Um, it, part of it, is, yeah, it's part of it is is warehouse district, a little bit of Florence, Firestone, that neighborhood as well. Um, I mean, it's really a lot of this, a lot of these spots are effectively to the southeast of down, like what we all know as downtown LA. I mean, the the brick banks and the white wall are right around the corner from a train station that somebody built a, a DIY on, but that's over by the LAPD headquarters. Now we're rather not too far. Anyway. But that, um, that white wall is, is in downtown proper. Oh yeah, yeah, it is in downtown proper. But what's weird is that downtown has never been reflective of the rest of LA. Um, and we could probably have a whole conversation about that. I mean, just think about just think about this. Think about how far some spots in LA are from each other. You know, think about RIP um, Chafee High. Those ledges are a solid hours drive in traffic from downtown LA, and it's still LA County, if if I'm not mistaken. Or you think about Lockwood and how far Lockwood is from Venice. Right. Yeah. You know, just because of you know not necessarily because of geographic distance, but traffic. Anyway, Al, I really like that point about. Um, about how Greco pulls a lot for, from Scorsese. And okay, I guess it's worth asking a question. He's had a lot of different styles, but then again, most of us have, right? We don't, I hope most of us do not still dress the same way as we did when we were 15, you know? But people go through phases and Greco loves music. And certainly once he, once he stopped drinking and taking drugs, you know, he had a lot more bandwidth to explore how he expresses himself in terms of his clothes. I, I actually, I really like it. Do y'all have a favorite Greco era? Yeah, I'm thinking right now is is the best look. <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd wear some of those kits, I think for sure. And so you, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know, like if a lot of people are walking around LA looking like that. I think it's a cool look. Uh, but I wonder what normal, like just civilian people think when they see Jim Greco walking down in the street. Like he's one of those people. It's like, oh, that guy's probably famous or something. <laughs> Right, it's like, like it's like a getup or like a costume. Yeah, maybe they think he's a or something. Yeah, maybe they think he's a good. Maybe they think he's a good fella. You know, one of us. Made <laughs> <laughs> man. Exactly. Can you imagine that Jim Greco walking down the street? Someone rolls up. And was like, is like, oh, Don, I'm totally sorry. I'm really, really late. I just wanted to hand this off to you personally. Just like stuff a big white envelope, filled with twenties, yeah. just in his hand. Yeah, all of a sudden, see that before. Before he did the kickflip off the freeway entrance ramp into that bank, you know, just a car pulls up, <laughs> Yo, flips I, an envelope I, or something. Yeah, we got we need a we need a crossover, a little bit Sopranos, but with skateboarding. You know, basically, uh, <laughs> yeah, think about it. You know, young skate rat, you know, who gets pulled in two different directions. He wants to be a mafioso. He's getting pulled into the family business, but he also wants to be a sponsored skater. Yo, HBO, cut the check. Yeah, I like it. Let's let's work this treatment up, and uh, we'll, I'll I'll call my people. We'll get some meetings. Let's make this happen. Yeah, I would watch the shit out of that. By the way, because think about it, you could have a whole thing about yo. Know, imagine organized crime in skateboarding. Just putting it out there. I mean, I think skateboarding has long been a place to launder money. I, I'm talking about like the real deal. You know, you got like um, you got a local skate shop. You know, three or four guys come in, little bell rings, you know, you got an old phone one on the TV and just like, from now on, you're only selling up boards. You know, they come take everything off the wall, you know. <laughs> right, some some strong arm tactics, yeah. Greco has, it seems like how his videos come out, says it's the property of lots of concerns production. So, I don't know, maybe it's something lots of concerns productions want to workshop hey. with us or something. Right? Yo, we, you got your cast right here. Like me as extra, extra number three. <laughs> I could be a muscle. You know, just because, I mean, there's plenty of stories in skateboarding about difficult conversations and uh, strong words about you're going to be carrying our boards, our wheels, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But imagine if it was like the real deal. Somebody comes in, you know, I come back next Friday. You're kicking up 10% of the entire week to me. 
I could definitely you know, see it happening. Like there are, there's tons of, you know, I feel like there's stories of people, you know, walking into a skate shop and being like, oh, yeah, we're not going to put our stuff in here. You guys are carrying these people's boards or whatever, you know. So it happens lightly. It could get pushed for there, I guess. Yeah. Or even just, you know, like next thing, you know, selling boards that fell off the truck. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's got to be rampant in a place where, like L.A. where there's pro skaters selling a little out of their box exactly you know you pull up the cherry park down in long beach you know and say like this is all your turf any you know any skater who's coming up from orange county selling flip boards or whatever or selling uh death wish boards like nope you're either giving me a taste or i'm taking over the whole thing right strictly listen boards in long beach <laughs> but anyway anyway yeah anyway. <laughs> so we, we talked a little bit about homage and asian goddess which i think Greco really pulls a lot from that video. But I, I was thinking about that and I was like, how much of it is homage and how much of it is just those are the spots that are around that he wants to skate? Like, where is Burl? Where's the, the Burl school? Is that in LA? I, it always had like San Diego vibes to me. That is, that is in LA. Um, I believe it's in what's called the Harbor Gateway area. I can do a quick Google search. We can actually um, get a distance for it. But um, I think you usually use the key of like day one, tended to film mostly around his manor. So right. San Pedro, Long Beach, Harbor City, places like that. And so I reckon that Beryl's probably down that way. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I wonder, you know, Asian Goddess was one of those videos. Again, there was a lot of these in the 90s that were either you saw it or you didn't. Oh, yeah, and totally. It's not, like, it was, it's not like now where people have not only uploaded high-quality copies to YouTube, that there's tons of uh, there's tons of conversations on Twitter on the slap message board about that video's significance and who it's connected to and some people have even pulled from it to make mega mixes of Tom Penny or Jeremy Klein or anybody else who was in that video Ali Bulala anyway yeah I I don't know I, th I think it's worth thinking about somebody like Jerry uh, excuse me like Jeremy Klein who is there anybody number one is there anybody left in the industry like him right and number two. Does he get his fair shake? I think Greco pays the adequate amount of homage and love. Yeah, he's given, you know, he's given that man his flowers. But I feel like Jeremy Klein is one of those people who I feel like he should be on some comeback shit like now. Like there should be more kids who want to be bad and be like Jeremy Klein and just eat candy all day and do the most perfect back three, you know, backside 360s. I feel like Jeremy Klein always was like not quite second fiddle, maybe, maybe like older chaperone or something to dudes who would become superstars you know he's kurt chart and uh jim greco is, is kind of oh, who i'm thinking about so he, he's kind of like um he's he's the older brother that when you were younger you thought this was the coolest guy in the world and then you end up being cooler than him and he's still doing the same shit that you were doing that he was doing when you were 15 and he was 19 yeah I, I think so it's like oh you're still into like this anime shit like that that was pretty cool in 94 <laughs> but you know i'm i got a suit on now it does seem like that. And I was, the hookups video was way before my time, but I watched it and I was like, oh, somebody could make this now. Because I'm sure there's tons of people like me that had never seen it. I was like, somebody could make this now, you know, word for word, bar for bar, and nobody would bat an eye. Like, it would, <laughs> I think it would be fine having all the little cut. It was almost like a bronze video, pre bronze without the computer animation or whatever. Like, there's oh, yeah. an Atari commercial in there and stuff. This, Damn, this I forgot about the Atari of, commercial. It's ahead of it. It's definitely, Al, you make a great point that it, that video was really ahead of its time. But again, because, you know, pre-broadband, if your shop didn't have it or your friend didn't have it, you just weren't going to see it. And it was probably, Asian Goddess was no welcome to hell. There weren't tons and tons and tons of copies in circulation. They they weren't moving numbers like that. Um, I don't even think even there was, was like ads. Like I, I didn't know about it until my friend was like, hey, you want to watch this video? Like, I don't think I ever saw any ads and like, I'm like a voracious consumer of skate videos, especially then. And it was just like, holy shit, a hookups video? Like, I didn't even know about this. So yeah, I, I think it, it's, yeah, like kind of like a rarity. I, I wonder how many are out there. Probably not too many. Yeah. Oh, and there's a, a really good, I, I can't remember, it's Fa, was it Fa 35 or 45? Again, I'll look this up as well as the Barrel Banks joint. Remember there's the one, um, one of his earlier videos where he goes and orders a pork chop and a coffee. Yep. Yeah, um, it's that. It's that. It's I believe it's that that Vietnamese restaurant. Um, I could be wrong, but I've definitely seen people order the exact same thing. It's been years since I've been over there. Hold up a second. Let's see how far Barrel Banks is. Anyway, while I look that up, 
Al, hard hitting question. What's that? Does Jim Greco provide a model for other skaters who want to do their own thing, or is he he's Greco? You can't replicate this. You can't templatize what he's doing. That's interesting. Uh, to back up with what I was talking about with Scorsese and Raging Bull, he had a quote that was like, "We're making this film for ourselves. It's a home movie." And that's kind of what I feel like Greco is doing. He's making his own home movies. He's got a bigger platform than most people have to do it. So I think I feel like if anybody else is going to make the kind of movies he's making and start making these, you know, works of art, skateboards that go for $125, you're going to kind of look like you're, you're biting from him. Also, his look is so unique. You're going to look like you're biting the Greco thing. So I think it would be kind of tough. But he does have like a presence as an artist. Yeah, I, I feel like you could you could shoot. For. Yeah, I I think that he does kind of provide a good model for a, a late career pro skater who is interested in skateboarding as a creative outlet. Like I would love to see what a Mark Suchu would do as director. You know, like Greco is the director of these films. So like, what what other skaters? are thoughtful enough to, you know, make a film like this or make a video that has a point of view that's not just like, yeah, I like went around and did a bunch of tricks at these spots. I, I would love to see more of that. I mean, Greco is, he's an auteur. He's, he's really thinking about the big picture. There's plenty of really bright and creative skaters, but who, I mean, Greg Hunt, I always liked his skating on stereo, but he's now a videographer and a cinematographer and skateboarding. Like that's his lane. I, I would love to see a late period Greg, you know, Greg Hunt, but I feel like he, he might have the eye to make something. Oh, sure. I, I think Greg, hi, Greg. I think he, he definitely has the vision for it, but I don't think he's skating at that level anymore. Mm, maybe. It's like, who, I mean, who's still ripping and got the, the creative juice to make something really special? Oh, by the way, I have a really good idea for a fancy night out for skaters. Are y'all ready for this? I don't know if I'm ready, but hit me with it. The complete films of Jim Greco coupled with a double feature of the stereo videos, visual sound, tin can folklore, and then on the late night tip, like the midnight movie, like you rent out of a movie theater and just have it going, like people just watch videos, party, hang out, do whatever they want. Then the, the midnight movie, the late night joint, is Alien Workshop's memories. Yeah, yeah, get trippy when, uh, after the sun goes down. Right? Like, you know, like, you, like, dress up nice, you know, throw on a good blazer, get some clove cigarettes, you know, you know, fake sophistication, you know, and just make it like, it's like, oh, it's going to be wonderful, darling. It's a very arty evening. <laughs> Skateboarding. What a concept. Do, do you think they could have, like, a daytime activity of getting one of those vans with the roofs cut off and driving around the warehouse district looking at the spots and stuff too yeah. Ooh, i like that i like that i like that damn. just borrow one of the tmz vans i was like let me hold this for the afternoon <laughs> that would actually <laughs> be really <laughs> sick like to do a, an la skate spot tour like you know there's spots around every fucking corner and you could just yeah like here's the hollywood oh. 16 you can see it's fucking huge yeah oh you just reminded me the distance from the warehouse district where much of this video is filmed to Beryl Banks, which is in Redondo Beach. So for all you hardcore fans, Black Flag played there a whole ton. It is 27 miles. and Which is like an hour in L.A. time. Yeah, in traffic. Um, right now it's saying it'll be about 40 minutes. But yeah, it's the complete opposite. It's The two places are effectively another world. Although Redondo... Um, Redondo Beach and a, a lot of those areas down there where Black Flag and uh, the Minutemen and all them used to play a lot of the hardcore bands, those used to be a, a lot wilder back in the day. But anyway, yeah, it's not too far from Torrance um, and it's not too far from El, El Segundo, right? So, boom. Anyway, yeah, I think a skate, a skate, skate tourism, I've done it with a couple of friends who've come to visit and they say, I want to see Lockwood, I want to see this, I want to see that. But, you know, you pick a neighborhood and do it, but... Doing the entire city, I think, probably take a week. Yeah, I mean, you just have to plan a route. Like, okay, we're going to do a 90-minute tour. What can we hit and make a nice loop? Because, yeah, yeah, like, you could spend a week doing it or you could, you know, just focus on a little area. Like, there's, you could do a 15-minute skate spot tour and have a nice nice time. Mm -hmm. Or maybe, uh, you know, whatchamacallit, day one's, 
Daywan's Harbor Gateway and just go around Torrance, Carson, Long Beach, San Pedro, Manhattan Beach, Redondo Beach, El Segundo, all those places to see where's Daywan? Where'd Daywan skate? Yeah, possibilities are endless. Al, I think you got uh, I think you got an idea that could, Mike could make some money. I'm down. Let's go. I'll do some. I'll do some research. I could. I could tell some stories in the TMZ van. That would. That would actually be fun. I think you could. If you did a trial, maybe maybe get get some of these big shoe companies. Look at Adidas. Hit us up. Buy us a van. <laughs> we will yeah. be the. <laughs> it could be cool. You know what? I got a hard hitting question. I'm thinking is what Greco's doing now. And I mean, he's completely ripping. Deserves to be a pro skater still. But is this more of like a almost retirement project that he's doing with his brand? Is it, or do you think it's like this is actual how I'm going to get my income brand? Think it's like a side project or a real thing? My guess it's more of a side project. You know, just like this is this is the place where I get to do whatever I want. I don't have to answer to any investors or. Uh, art directors or anything it's just like this is all my vision whereas like you know he's a partner in baker boys and everything that's going on there death wish that's more of a collective so i think that's probably that his motivation is like this is where i can just do my own thing because i'm making money over on these other projects yeah i think this is his his creative outlet although what's interesting is that he makes it look you can tell he puts in a lot of work with the skating that's he, he makes that that's part of his story too but his filmmaking feels effort. You'd swear he's been doing this for decades. You know, he he, he like he's he's got a style. I mean, you know what? Maybe you, another thing. I mean, Jim Greco could direct him. Oh yeah, easily. He he definitely has a look. But yeah, Al, to answer your question, I think that for him this is pure creativity. But he's been in skateboarding, the skate industry, skate business long enough that he knows that with a certain amount of effort, you can also make money from it. And he's probably dialing in the perfect, the perfect vibe and frequency that he needs to work to be able to, you know, to make these, you know, to make these videos make sense, to make them, to make them happen, and actually make a little money from his skateboarding thing. Because there's a lot of people who start brands and they're very, very creative and they're super talented, but you know, they don't want to take the time to figure out how to make it pay for itself. And then it just becomes this big financial sinkhole. And then people get burnt out and resentful because, oh, the passion brand, it fizzled out. Yeah, I think because he's got other sources of income, he, like this stuff doesn't have to make money. And I think that a little detached from the films is they are, they, they do make money to a degree because they keep Jim Greco relevant and make his boards have value to people. So mm -hmm. I, I think that there there is like a value to these these things like a or a return. Before we move on, I think we got to talk about the Ender on the white wall, the backside 360. Like fuck, that was insane. Al, what did what did you think when you saw Jim Greco spinning on that fucking steep wall? Oh, it was incredible. <laughs> it was the whole thing was you know finally reached its climax. Here's the white wall. It was probably the best fleet you could do with it. And, uh, <laughs> I thought it was super sick. Good for him. He proved it. It was the white wall. That joint is hard to skate. It can be very, very busy over there, or it can smell like piss. Actually, yeah, uh, same thing with the brick banks as well, some of which are re have been worn smooth. But it's taking the front, like it's taking the foot off. How do you do that? How do you do a backside 360 and take your foot off and make it look cool? It's like him... Matt Hensley, who has another, who has, who else has a good one foot extension? Willie Santos. I feel like it's just like a yeah. '90s thing. Like that's just how how skaters of a certain era would do it. Like maybe he doesn't even know how to keep his foot on. That's kind of how I always thought about it. Yeah. Like some people got to take the foot off, some people got to leave the foot on. Yeah, impressive on that white wall. All right. Well, from uh, from old timers to new guys. When Frog first hit the scene, I fucking hated it. Uh, in my view, it was regressive. I saw it as wasted potential. Those guys fucking rip, and they were just like choosing to not rip. And the graphics, I, I, I'm not gonna say too much about that. Uh, over the years, I've come to appreciate Frog though. Their latest collab with Thunder Trucks is accompanied by a 10 minute video featuring Nick Michael and Evan Wasser. How, how did this Frog video hit you? You know, Frog's funny because it, it pops up on my uh, algorithm from time to time. I'm like, oh, there's like a new frog video, but it's, you know, 
could be anywhere from 45 seconds to three minutes or something. And I usually don't click, but this 10 minute joint along with thunder trucks, I was like, well, it's gotta be worse than time. So I clicked on it and like the first 30 seconds of it, I was like, oh, this is, this is guy and mouse. Like it kind of has the same Herbie Hancock sound a little bit, uh, the fits with all the denim shorts and stuff and the fish eye. I was like, okay, Frog, you've, you've lured me in. Uh, you know, and I sat through the whole thing, and I think their whole thing is just that they got this good homie vibe going on, and the whole company is like, this is me and my buddies. You can you can be just like this. I think that might be like their entire appeal is anybody can do what we're doing and have fun. Yeah, I think that's the thing that I, I've come to appreciate about Frog is that it's not progressive. It's not them trying hard. It's just, or it comes across as just friends hanging out and skating. I, I think with the addition of, of some of the younger guys who I think they want to rip, so they're they're ripping and it, you know, it makes the whole company better, I think, to see dudes actually skating hard and doing cool tricks and having it filmed well and everything. But yeah, like I, I was watching it and I was kind of envious of those guys being out skating together, being silly, doing tricks that don't matter. Yeah, it looked fun and it, it like reminded me of my teen years. So I think that's that's a great thing. Patrick, what, how does how do you feel about frog? Like, what do you think when you see a frog link? Oh, I kind of felt like you. I although I was dismissive of them because I felt like they were they were emblematic of a sort of shambling oh gee whiz you know almost irritatingly childish sort of vibe that reminds me of a lot of stuff like uh, the band the pastels from scotland who i love but um you know that was a that kind of very very much like like jangle pop right mm-hmm. it's great but you know sometimes it can feel a little bit it, it it feels a little bit juvenile and then i saw they had put out some years ago they had put out a i think it was a guide for anti-racism and discrimination that was actually pretty well researched and um, definitely something that was done thoughtfully and was coming from the right place. And I know, I, or I don't know, it feels kind of like the NOAA program is who the fuck knows where. But actually, I really grew to enjoy their skating in the no, the, any of the frog skaters who were in the NOAA video. I was actually really, I actually really enjoyed that video. And it's, it's kind of a shame. Like, it's like I don't know what's, uh, what the deal is with their program. Anyway, back to frog. They're not for everybody. I mean, even like the Microsoft Paint, you know, kind of kitty graphics, those are not for everybody. The shaped boards are not for everybody. But the cool thing about skating now is there's there's room for everyone. Even somebody, you know, skating around in huge blind shorts and rubbing ice cream all over their face. I sometimes love weird, surrealist stuff like that. I don't know. For some reason, that reminded me of Gummo. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyway, it seems kind of like... A lot of people are now willing to admit, like, okay, everyone who skates for Frog, they rip. Like, this is not some hokey, jokey company. But then question for, for both of you is, are they the new enjoy? Is this going to be something that influences a whole bunch of people and really lasts? Or is it just going to be some look back as, okay, excuse me, are they enjoy or are they sonic staples like Simon Woodstock and all? You know, I'm, enjoy, we all love, but they still had a pretty serious tone when it came down to business, I feel like. And I don't think, I think Frog is just a little bit more silly than that. I think I'm getting, I'm getting softer in my older age where I wasn't super mad at this video, but some of the things I was like, well, this is, this is a little too childish for me. But what kept me around was all the, you know, weird spots that they were skating and stuff. And, you know, the junk jam type things they were doing where I was like, oh, I could get in on this session. That's cool. But you know some of the sillier parts not quite for me and i don't i don't i don't think you can classify them with something that's come before like i think enjoy was it was fun but i think it was also extremely serious at the same time oh yeah especially when mark when when mark johnson was really at the helm and doing a lot with the brand um it was definitely yeah eccentric but deathly serious kind of like a guy Mm -hmm. uh who will walk into a bar and he looks absolutely ridiculous, right? As uh, wearing like a full darts uniform, you know, has got some special glasses to reduce glare. But then you actually play him in darts and he will fuck you up, kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but then, um, Templeton, question for you then. 
Are there actually a lot of skaters like the Frog Gang? Or are they unique in their weirdness? Uh, you know, I I think that there probably are a lot of frog type skaters. Like I'm like a really serious person and skater, and I could see some of myself or some of my crew growing up in the frog video. Like the dude like smashing the ice cream in in his face. Like that's definitely not something that I would do. But there's probably like five people that I grew up with that would do something like that. And it, you know, the dude looked like how I looked growing up, like when I was that age. So it like, yeah, it was like super nostalgic and felt super familiar. So I, I think there are a lot of kids out there just being silly and being out skating. And I think that being out skating, you're kind of like aimless and untethered and you can go be silly and do whatever you want and it's fine. And that's one of the greatest things about skating. So I think the more I think about Frog, the more I like Frog. And I think I think another thing about Frog is all these dudes rip and if you watch any of these skaters in videos from the other companies that they ride for they're ripping quite hard and and frog is kind of like their refuge where they don't have to film for some big project get hammers anything like that they're just like going out and having fun with their friends and that's like what frog is all about so this is kind of like for their one-off experimental releases like their sonic youth had syr you know this is where they can really they can really let loose. But there's some hammers in here. I mean, even just like uh, the kind of wallies, I think it's Nick Michael who's doing a lot of the wallies and wall jams, wall rides. And like you said, both of you said that their, their eye for spots, their eye for spots inspires you to want to go skate some crash. Like, have either of you found that in the last couple of years with Frog having such a big influence on the culture that you've been skating, you've been purposefully, you've been skating crappy spots with purpose. You're not just, you know, dicking around and waiting to go to the next spot. You are saying like, let me actually try to get something here. It could be like the worst DIY, everything is uphill, bad run up, but you're, you're, you're genuinely trying. I mean, have either of you been seeking out spots like that? I'd be down for sure. Uh, like, I love a good pole jam. Take me anywhere with a pole jam. And uh, like how they found a bump to can and then just put some piece of metal over it too. So they had over the can or pole jam. They're just, they're playing around. That's great. Yeah, I've always loved junk jamming. You know, like you go out and you're at the spot and you're looking around and oh, there's like this weird piece of metal behind this dumpster. Let's see, let's like lean it up against this and that and put this piece of wood over it. And yeah, it's fun, it's creative. And the tricks don't really matter. It's just like a way to show off this like sculpture almost. Yeah, and to even go back to like Jim Greco, it's like, oh, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put two benches on top of each other and <laughs> jump over that. It's all, Hell yeah. we've all been doing the same thing for forever. And that's a nice skateboarding for. Yeah, and um, especially like when they're skating driveway bumps or sidewalk cracks, alling from the sidewalk crack to the fire hydrant with a, a street sign going down it. I mean, that takes not only great self-confidence, but also an incredible sense of bounce to not just go toppling over and, you know, end up pulling a Jim Greco and hitting yourself on the back uh, on the top of a fire hydrant or something like that. Anyway, I kind of, I really gained an appreciation for, for a crappy DIY or a decent DIY and, or just getting a spot where the runoff, the runoff is, the spot itself is actually kind of useless, but where you can actually get creative and maybe at least I find like that's where I've been challenging myself the most. Also because, you know, you have to work up to it. I mean, you don't just pull up to a DIY and just start busting tricks. You know, you ride around a whole bunch of times to get a feel for what the flow is like. I always find it fascinating people who get frustrated that shit doesn't hit the second that they arrive at a DIY or some way out there, you know, makeshift spot when it's hard. You know, you, it's the concrete might not be smooth or something might not have been cured correctly. You don't want to end up, uh, I don't know, getting like a bruised pancreas out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, you always got to feel out the DIY, find the cracks, find the, the lumps in the quarter pipe or whatever. Speaking of, the hill bomb, in basically, I think it's about halfway through the video. Mm-hmm. No spotter. Would you do it? That hill seemed pretty nope. chill. What about you, Al? No, with no spotter, I'm not, I'm not down. I'm not taking... <laughs> I don't have the uh, thrill seeker in me still to, to just charge it on a hill like that. I don't know. But that hill sure didn't that... have any four-way stops. You know, like the only stop sign in there was like a, it was like a T intersection. So I, I think you'd be pretty safe. 
What about the people pulling out of their driveway? Eh, I don't know. I guess I'm just not that worried about it. <laughs> you're the daredevil? I guess, I, guess be, I am. Uh, you're going to be the one who's uh, the one of mostly skateboarding who's going to end up in the, um, the next VX, you know, GX1000 video? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have it like that, but I think I could bomb a hill in a neighborhood without too much to worry about. I mean, I'm not like a huge hill bomber in general, but I, that one didn't seem that dangerous to me. Mm. Okay. Question, is it okay to have the amount of skate park footage that they have in this video? Or is it just like, hey, who cares? It's a little oh, joke for thunder. I care, and it's definitely not okay. I mean, Why is it not that, okay? that probably should have disqualified it from even being a subject this week. Uh, Al, do you agree or disagree? I heavily agree. That was the one thing that kept taking me out. I was like, oh, we're in, some, we're in another like ashtray skate park. Uh, I don't want to be there there also it's even though i'm sure what they were doing uh would be impossible for a skater like myself to do didn't didn't need to see it but whatever good for them they rip yeah they they rip everybody rips i mean it's not like that's not why we care about one guy over another i think frog has a little bit of flavor that allows them to kind of sneak that shit in there and have it not not make me as angry as it normally does but yeah like that shit is trash. It could have been a four-minute video with no park footage and been better, in my opinion. But I don't know. Maybe maybe they need that room to breathe. And having that park footage in there just reinforces the we're just having fun aspect of mm -hmm. it. Like, this isn't that serious. Even though they were traveling all over the country for it. You know, there was Boston footage, Detroit footage, yeah. L.A. footage, San Francisco footage. And then it was like all different temperatures and stuff like you, you could tell though like a lot went into this if you really started picking it apart which is like what our job is here so mm -hmm. you know under under the guise of we're all just having fun here you know they put in some serious work so then as a follow-up question what can frog do to take it to the next level they've gained our respect how can they add something that will be part of the canon of the 2020s i don't know I, I think they have to do something that I don't know what they need to do. You know, like I can't think of, I can't think of what they need to do because they need to do something that I've never thought of before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you bring up an interesting question because it's like, what can they do to create something that will last in skateboarding, which traditionally is media, you know, like it's a sick ass yeah. photo, it's an iconic video or whatever, like even maybe a graphic, like a board graphic, but I don't, I don't think that Frog is currently set up to do that i don't know i mean look at toy machine who would have thought that toy machine would after heavy metal and toy machine live which are fine videos who would have thought that they would have produced one of the most important videos of an entire decade that basically spawned an entire subculture because of um whatchamacallit i mean jamie thomas you know that was like a whole thing you know he went on to do zero you don't have the Jamie Thomas part um, in, you know, in, in Welcome to Hell. You don't have that whole genre of skating. Anyway, how, yeah, how do you make a how do you make a Welcome to Hell? How do you make a trilogy? How do you make a mouse? How do you make something that ten years, twenty years down the line? I mean, everybody's talking about. I guess today's the anniversary of the premiere of Is It Fully Flared. We can be revisionists all we want, but that was a huge video when it came out, and a lot changed after it came. You know, that ended one era. You couldn't get higher than that. so. I don't know. Is it do you have to do it purposefully? I'd like to think that Socrates and them, you know, when they were making Trilogy, that they said, we want to make one of the hottest, the flyest videos of the decade, because they did. You know, I think uh, for Frog to be remembered or taken super seriously, whatever, you know, Nick Michael has got the juice. And I think maybe next year, two years from now, he went out and did like a little Sodi run, released, you know, a handful of little parts like this kind of thing. And then Frog put out full length and he got the curtains in it or something, then I think, you know, Frog could be up, be up in the next level of the game. Yeah, a Frog, a frog full-length, a serious Frog full-length would be, yeah, pretty, pretty interesting to see. Like, it would be really interesting to see how they would handle the seriousness of a Hammer video with the not-so-serious nature of the brand. Like, how if they could walk that tightrope and make it to the other side, I think that 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 could be the icon that they need to be, yeah, like remembered forever. I think about that. What must it feel like if you've created a video that you know? I mean, think about when Trilogy was done. Think about when, 
don't know, Cherry, for example. Cherry was hard body as fuck. That was a great video. You know Strobeck and that must have been like, yo, this is this is the joint right here, right? This is gonna change this is gonna change everything. You know? If you're a musician, if you're an artist, you know. Like if you're a creative person, you know when you you've done something that is bigger than you've ever done before. Right? Like how do you know it when you're a skater? What what must the, what must that feel like? Yeah, I I wonder. I mean, it, I think I'll bet a lot of people had have had that feeling. You know, like I just grinded the biggest rail that anyone's like no one's ever grinded a rail this big before. No one's ever kick flipped a gap this size before. And I think that there was a time when that mattered, but I I think that that time has kind of passed. Like I I don't think that you can be the person who did the biggest backside lip side on a handrail ever. And I don't think that matters as much as it once did. Is it because, so for contest skaters, okay, cool. You can do a big handrail, take a number, right? And then for all of the weird little micro scenes that have popped up in skating, who's trying to bring, I mean, Al, hard hitting question for you. Is there going to be a hammer revival? Are there going to be, is there a, a generation of kids waiting, 15 and 16, who all they want to do is get buck on some big stairs and big handrail in tight pants? I kind of hope not. I think I've seen enough, but I, I think that's what's great about Frog. See, I think this whole conversation is just making me like them more and more. Is because they don't, they don't have to do that stuff. They can just do whatever they want and exist where they need to exist in the you know, skateboard ecosystem. Like, they probably don't care. But also, you know, some of that junk jam stuff, the uh, what are the galaxy brain spots, like those are hammer tricks. Like any regular skater, you go try and do that, you're going to get broken off. Like there is jumping over something with a chain involved or something like that is that is high risk stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like it's like how many teeth you want to lose this weekend? <laughs> yeah. So I think I think you can make things that are low impact. Just they're just as gnarly to me. But I don't need to see people, you know, riding down mountains anymore. I'm good. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think we're in a, oh, a bigger on. hammer era than we've ever been in. We're just not even noticing it anymore. You know, like think about Jamie Foy or Kyle Walker. Like those dudes have grinded like bigger handrails than Jamie Thomas could ever even dream of. And we're kind of like, oh, yeah, that was cool. Did you see that Nick Michael thing? That was pretty rad too. Did you see the fucking, you know... Y'all did, did like a cool manual. That was also rad. Like that got me more stoked. Like I, I think that we're beyond big hammers somehow. And that feels weird though, because think about Jamie Foy and his pinch, the way that he skates rails. I mean, even um, even Zion. There's a whole like there's a whole bunch of rippers who skate handrails and would be gods on company like Zero when Zero was at their peak, with Zero and Mystery and that whole, I guess it's the black box orbit. And yet now, for better or for worse, skateboarding has diversified to the point where that's not the only way to get attention in skateboarding. I mean, thank goodness. I mean, it's actually made skating way more interesting and inclusive in lots of different ways to see lots of different, lots of different types of skating get the attention that they deserve. And that if you just want to watch a video of people skating curbs and looking cool, you could do that, and it doesn't feel off-brand, you know. And you could get there's a whole bunch of people who there's a whole bunch of people who like the same thing as you. It's not super niche, just a different part of the store. I mean, I mean, Al, like, is there any weird subculture of skateboarding that you would like to see a little bit more of? So thinking about Frog and their kind of uh, cutesy thing. Just this whole little little part reminds me of you guys talked about last week. They they wrapped a car in denim, and that is super interesting to me like that's if somebody's like what's been going on in skateboarding like the first thing that comes to my mind is oh Gilbert crocker <laughs> wrapped a car in denim you know i wouldn't think about whatever trick that happened or anything it's fun to see people making making what they want you know one of the things the favorite video of the year uh has got to be the dare video ruining skateboarding like that was an incredible thing all the way through just because it was like, look at these people that don't care, that are having more fun than anybody else. It's those kind of things nowadays that stick with me instead of just trick, trick, trick. Mm -hmm. Just show me people that appreciate skateboarding and that are having fun skateboarding. That's, so that's got to be my favorite thing. So is that are you saying then that 
we don't want good skateboarding. We don't want to see the best skateboarding. We either want to see cool skateboarding, right? Like a Supreme video or a 101 video where you watch this, you feel cool. You feel like you're in the know. You know, you feel like you feel like how Jacar Noir cologne smells, right? So that's cool. Or we want fun skateboarding. We want skateboarding that we can identify with and say, hey, this is a bunch of people who all really like each other. Because you saw that in the in the their video and especially at the premieres, that all those people were really getting on like a house on fire. And it looked the, the energy was so fun. And the after party was super fun. But nobody wants to just see good skateboarding. Yeah, I think we've seen a lot of good skateboarding. And I, I think that we want to see things that we want to aspire to be. You know, like I aspire to have fun with my friends when I go out skating or I aspire to be more creative when I'm out skating, but I don't aspire to grind the biggest handrail I can find or, you know, hug myself down the hugest gap because it's like like I'll never I'll never skate a bigger handrail or a bigger gap than, you know, the dude who's like pretty good in my in my neighborhood, you know, like I'm just not like that's just not going to happen. But I could do like a cool thing on like a weird ledge and I think people would be like, whoa, that was rad. I mean, Al, what about you? You want to be good, you want to be cool, or you want to have fun? I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I love, I love watching uh, Halte do his thing on the ledges. He's a real magician on those things, but he also looks like he's having a lot of fun. He just, I don't know, give me, give me the vibe of I'm having fun and I'm also better than you and, and it works. I think that, I think that works for skating nowadays we've we've seen all the big stuff just give me give me that you're a real person and not somebody just out there trying to do trick 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 yeah i I imagine that the teams that are like that must be i or maybe they're really fun you know like are the teams that are filled with 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 hucksters with people who are just really really good at skating handrails and skating big stairs i mean toy machine look like they're having fun but i'm talking about the ones who are od serious about it and they're good skateboarders you know, are they are they super boring? You know, they just talk about skateboarding nonstop. I mean, that that would just be hell. Yeah, I think that's yeah, kind of the thing. It's like if skateboarding is the only thing going on in your life, it's a little bit boring. But if you've got some flavor and you're interested in other things, like that's going to show through in your skating, and that's going to be interesting, and that's going to get us stoked. Which brings us to the end of our show, where we talk about what we're stoked on. Patrick, what are you stoked on this week? I'm stoked on Spitfire Wheels. I'm also very, very stoked about the incoming Tyshawn video part. Uh, Sodi season is here. I think I think Tyshawn is making a run for it. I also really enjoyed the Orchard Skate Shop edit that just came out, the trail from earlier this week. A lot of Boston skating in there. Boston is really, really tight. The only people who suck in Boston are those bros who want to fight you on the street. But everybody else will just kind of leave you alone. Anyway, um, super fun video and a great reminder that Boston is kind of slept on in terms of East Coast cities for skating, even though it's been a ton of videos. Anyway, been enjoying October baseball, even though last I checked with the game, the Yankees were getting cooked. But Arsenal, over in English Premier League soccer, are still at the top of the table, so I'm very happy about that. And Jenkum just dropped two videos today that really made my day or made my afternoon. They tracked down the skater Brendan Ashley. Was super super stylish. Was in elementality. Skated for element early aughts. Very very stylish. Very good fits. He, he still got it. It's a nice catch up. But then also a quick coffee run in the city of Sheffield, in the north of England, with Sean Curry, who probably has shown up in your explore page. Al, what are you stoked on this? Uh, this week I'm stoked on the uh, the return of the NBA, particularly that I'm going to be going to the. Blazers home opener game against the skate Twitter rival Phoenix Suns. Uh, so that should, you know, create create a little conversation. Maybe some of the homies will be going to the game or get to run into them. Stoked on that. And uh, extremely stoked on the little doc from Skate Like a Girl, Transcenders. Uh, just shot and edited so beautifully and just showing people stoked on skateboarding and showing people what how good skateboarding can make you feel and invite you into a a new culture and so i just love that templeton what are you stoked on this week i am stoked on skate gossip that our listeners will dm me so keep it coming guys it uh it really makes my day when i get the little inside industry scoop or the link or whatever like 
I really appreciate it. It really makes my day. So keep it coming. If And, you know, if you're a listener and you've got some good industry skate gossip, like, you know, send it my way. Make my day. And I, I'm, I'm good about um, keeping it to myself, keeping it in a small circle. So you can trust me with your secrets. And that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out MostlySkateboarding.net for links to things that we talked about and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Al Brown, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Al's S House and on Instagram at Al's Skate House. Patrick, where can people find you? Wait, wait. You got to plug the Substack also because it's really fucking good. Everybody should subscribe to Al's Substack. What, what's the, oh, the URL? Sure. Go on over to nosliders.substack.com. Enjoy. Yeah, please do. Patrick, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter under the handle at Colonel K Speaks, tweeting about all sorts of weird things. Or you can find me on Instagram under the handle at P Kigongo, posting old music videos, guitar stuff, and sometimes I'm skating. And you can also find me doing things on the executive board of the Harold Hunter Foundation Templeton. Where can the people find you on Bobby Digital's internet, internet? You can find me on Twitter at Mostly Skate and on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding. We'll see you guys next week. Hey. See ya. It's eternal. What? You getting on a 95? I like that word. Yeah. Don't you bring it close to me, but nigga. Understand? Let's go, let's go, let's yeah. Go. That's right, right? What up? So what is it called? You know what it's called, kid. Yeah. How much I, how I'm much I implement my thoughts to you? Yo, hey yo. Shout out New York, Philadelphia. My sword talk raises do the block favors you. New Jersey with the gorillas with the most sexiest birds, vehicles and shit. Shout out your word. Fox Premier, my niggas in Connecticut, yeah. Upstate Albany, got love here. Rochester all the way down the stretch of you large. Long Island niggas definitely paint a picture. Chicago, peace, Maryland, take cheese. Baltimore, lock it all down. Yo, let's increase. Boston, stay flossing. My eye like Steve Austin. Seeing how y'all bought great fortune Texas, yo How many Lexuses y'all gon' flow? Y'all niggas doing it, it's love, yo Miami and North Carolina like family, yeah Smaller nigga like kids with cotton candy Yo, VA, all the money makers generate Shorty driving around, still making ten a day LA, yup, it's real when they tell me, yup I know it's still cause police tried to kill me And no, unless politics and make ditto DC, I hope y'all feel me when I blitto ATL, Tennessee, ring bells Out in Ohio, bumping 20-inch whales, yeah San Francisco, Vegas, Illinois, Dallas Minneapolis, cats rap with us Michigan, yeah, Raleigh, Durham, Burn, Phoenix, Sacramento Mental really care, bitches on the air. Portland, Buffalo, Toronto, stay brolic and they giants like the Denver Broncos. Yo, South Carolina, bring the drama. Still in all, I like the way she ball. Yeah, she yelling, she my baby mama. Japan, comma, London, Germany, China, holla, Africa, my brother, Russia, light a Dutch up, Indiana, where they all call scramblers, and they cut ya, Jamaica, yup, Bahamas, and we honor everything, homage, looking Guyanese in Ghana, Detroit, saying, go ahead, do your thing, boy, Puerto Rico, come on through, Rainbow, my boy. Louisiana and Canada, St. Louis, Florida, you're on what? Candy camera. He like master in Nebraska, fleeing it. White mink on guard, Gene in Alaska. Later, Brazil, play real. Got like 50K in a briefcase. Ray and chill. What? You know the plan. Laying up in Amsterdam, blowing nine grand, batting a white man.